0: The Maple Leafs take Game 1 in convincing fashion over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Dave, let's break it all down on today's edition of Locked on Leafs. Your Locked on Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked Leafs Podcast, Who wants stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother from TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. You can uh, also be joined by my co-host Dave Morisuti from Sportsnet, also a writer. For the NHLPA, Locked On leaves is a daily Maple Leaf centric podcast. So be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts if you haven't yet. And you can also now catch us up on YouTube. Go subscribe there; uh, it would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Leave us comments. Um, we love to read the comments and gives us some stuff to talk about in, in later episodes as well. If you got some questions for us that we can answer, kind of like a little AMA type of thing. Uh, all right, game one of the books, Dave Maple Leafs. Boy, did they ever uh, kick their ass!
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was quite a game. I wish I I wish I could have been there in person to witness it.
0: Yeah, it was honestly it was it was a uh, man. I, I'd never been to a, a a playoff game before, like a, a least playoff game, actually any hockey playoff game, rather uh, professional hockey at least. So that was kind of my first experience. So let me tell you the crowd did not disappoint. Now, I wasn't there as a a member, a crowd member, a fan. I I was there as media, so I wasn't able to, you know, fist bump and cheer with everybody else, but I I was actually just kind of basking in it. I was loving what the crowd was doing the entire game, right from the, honestly, from the national anthem all the way through to the end of the game. Pretty good crowd, which is surprising because for whatever reason, the Toronto crowd is always very dull. And I remember talking about this with Frankie Corrado, and he's like, honestly, Toronto's one of the worst barns to play at home only because, you know, it's a lot of, um, you know, it's it's a lot of the the premium seats. They don't get out there until like five minutes into the period. It's a little bit quiet because it's a lot of business people that are out there, but that wasn't the case today that was not the case today. There was cheers for the Maple Leafs. There was MVP chants. There was uh, jeers for Stammer and Vasilevsky when they did uh, their flubs. It was great, man. Great atmosphere. And Sheldon Keefe even said, went went as far to say that uh, he credited the crowd, actually, for helping the team get through that initial five-minute major that, to me, was kind of the it's it was early, but that may have been like the TSN turning point. Like at that point, when they killed off that five minute major, because they had all the momentum from there and just carried it to a big time five nothing win.
1: Yeah, I know that was that was the big thing there, right? You know, if you're the road team going into any playoff series, there's two things you want to do. You want to take away home ice advantage by winning the first. You know, if you're the if you're the road team in the first game, you want to take away that home ice advantage, and secondly. You, you want to take the crowd out of it right in the beginning. And unfortunately for Tampa Bay, they fed the beast. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, I'm sure some teams thought going into Toronto, it's not going to be as crazy. But I've been to one playoff game in my life, and I remember that being the most memorable crowd I've ever been to at a Leafs game. Other than the Centennial Classic, because that was an outdoor game, the ambiance behind it. But that was by far, I just remember that crowd being on another level. I think you get fewer of the suits, or the, the, the those who are considered the suits, also understand the magnitude of this game. This is not like the regular season. The regular season doesn't mean... We we already we went to this series knowing that the regular season was kind of, all right, they went through the 82 games. Season started tonight. Yeah, and boy, it started off with quite a with a lot going on.
0: It did. So let's, let's get into it. Let's break it down. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll go through our three stars in a little bit, but I mean, to you, like what really stood out in terms of, you know, what allowed the Maple Leafs to be successful tonight against the the Tampa Bay lightning.
1: I think it was knowing that they had, they didn't have them on their heels, but they, 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 the, the lightning just didn't play with purpose. I felt like the Leafs played with purpose. That that penalty kill, they weren't just killing the penalty; they were letting the lightning know that they're going to have to defend while they're on the power play. Yeah, and and you mentioned that I, I'll give you a lot of credit. You you talked about special teams being such a pivotal thing in this series, and it, it carried over. Like we we have seen this penalty kill do it time and time again during the season. I was concerned about whether they could have done it in the playoffs and. So far, a pretty good start. But I felt like you had the special teams come up big. I also think the other other one was Jack Campbell. I don't think enough has been talked about his performance in this game. He set the tone. He. So, why do you
0: say that? I'm curious. I'm curious as to why you believe that. I. I, I mean, all right. That made it sound like I did not think he had a good game. I did. I thought he had a great game. But I thought that the team in front of him um, didn't like they played well and Jack didn't have to make a m- many like outstanding saves. Like I feel like I could count on one hand how many like big stops Jack had to make.
1: So yeah, I mean you look at the you look at the the game sheet and he didn't have to make a lot of saves based on that. Mm. But there were some tricky ones and I feel like he made them look easy. Right? This was yeah. I, and I don't know how much of the pregame stuff you got from Jack Campbell when they were asking him about kind of his mood. Zero. So they were asking him his mood coming to the game. He's like, "Ah, oh, you know, my wife made me some chicken breast, and we watched some Ozark. Pretty good. Like, he, he No spoilers, of,
0: by the way. I gotta wait. I gotta. No, watch I them. haven't watched <laughs> it either. This All is right. this is post. Spoiler free zone for anybody who's an Ozark fan. Spoiler free zone.
1: Please don't. Please don't. Um. <laughs> yeah, you could tell he was calm as a cucumber Good going into this game and it showed on the ice. He was like, there, and, 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 and not only was he good, he, he kind of brought me, you know, I'm like this, this is the Jack you're going to get for all for this series. Leafs are in really good shape. Then you have Matthews and Marner expelling their demons. I would say.
0: Yeah. That, that to me, that's big for this team, right? Like you get those who go on right from game one. This is, this is going to be, I mean, it, 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 it seems as though this is going to be a bit of a different series than, uh, than what it could be based off of game one. Now I don't want to go, you know, read too much into one game. Cause again, they, they've they got to do this again and again, right? They're going to, obviously Tampa's going to come back and come back three, four, five times better in game two. So Toronto not only is going to have to play as good, but probably better than they played tonight if they're going to want to win game two. But what I think is a positive is both Matthews and Marner hit the score sheet and both, you know, multi-point nights, you know, the, the, the demons. Yeah. They're not fully exercised, obviously, because I think in order to, to do that, they got to win a round and, and help win around. but boy, are they ever on the right track? Are they on the right track? And, it was just like some really good plays too. I mean, obviously Matthew's second goal was just an absolute gift from the hockey gods, essentially, but like Marner's goal to just kind of, uh, I don't know if it, it it looked like he faked out Vasilevsky and Vasilevsky made, he, he made a bad judgment thinking that he was going to shoot the puck and he faked him out. Vasilevsky kind of jumps at it, goes right. And he goes left wide open cage, slides it in, Maybe the easiest power play goal this guy's going to score in his entire career, perhaps. Uh, but, you know, just the pop, the elation, everybody in the building, they knew how special that goal was. Like everybody talks about it, for, has talked about it for two years, how Mitch Marner has not shown up in the playoffs. 18 straight games without a goal. And he came to play today right from the get go, not only at five on five. But also on the PK. Like, keep in mind that five-minute penalty kill that they killed at the beginning of the game to give them the momentum to go on to eventually win. Like, Mitch Marner was a massive, massive part of that, right? Like he had two or three opportunities. Like that five man, that five-minute major, Toronto outchanced Tampa three to one in that five-minute span. Outchanced them while killing off a penalty three to one. They had a 52% expected goals. All killing off the penalty. They had 7 minutes worth of of four of 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 being down a man yet were statistically expected to score more goals than Tampa was in that 7 minutes that they were on the man advantage. That's how lethal this PK was and Mitch Marner was just a, another um you know a, a big reason for that. Uh but ultimately, you know, getting him going offensively is going to be huge for for these two uh for this club if they're gonna you know win but i feel really good about it the other thing that i want to bring up that i felt good about you know what why don't we take a break actually we'll take a break when we get back we can continue chatting about tonight's game um we kind of get into some of the more individual performances from some of the role players because i thought that they stepped up as well uh so why don't we get we'll get into some of that in a little bit but before we do dave why don't you tell us about uh our friends at athletic greens.
1: Yes, a product that I use every day. I started taking athletic greens when I joined the show because, you know, we hear about this great product because I've had a hard time keeping myself, you know, in line with the all the daily essentials I need to take. You know, whether it's vitamins, supplements, there's too many things you have to take. What I like about athletic greens is you can do it all in one shot. There's not many th- times you can say that. And it doesn't take a lot to be super healthy in your life if you go with Athletic Greens. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, hofu sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging, all the things that you can need in your daily life. So obviously I take it mainly because of simplicity in life. We have always tried to find ways to keep our everything simple. And that's what athletic greens has done for me. So athletic greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recovery. It cost him a hundred dollars a day. Yes, you heard that right. A hundred dollars a day, folks. He created athletic greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create a sub an optimal nutrition routine, on your own so he obviously he knew exact he's coming right from experience here uh athletic greens is a climate neutral certified company in 2020 athletic greens purchased carbon credits that support projects protecting old growth rainforest for every purchase they donate to organizations to help get nutritious food to kids in need including no kid hungry here in the u.s and i'll if you're in the U.S., there, in 2020, Athletic Greens donated over 1.2 million meals to kids in 20 in 2020. So, to make it easy to go and reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So, this is what you have to do: you got to go to visit athleticgreens.com/slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticmeans.com slash NHL Network. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
0: Welcome back to the Locked On Podcast. I'm Mike DeStefano and got Dave Morissuti with me. We're host here at Locked On Lease Toronto with a big time five-nothing shellacking over the Tampa Bay Lightning in game one. They are now up one nothing in the best of seven. We're feeling good here in Toronto after that one. The Maple Leafs looked spectacular. Um, I don't want to toot my own horn, Dave. I really don't, but I'm going to do it because, well, I have no respect and uh, I'm just going to do it because I want to. I'm going to take a little bit of credit for this. I'm going to take a little bit of credit for, uh, for the Maple Leafs coming out ready to play. Do you know why, David?
1: Is it because of what you did on Leafs lunch? It was on Overdrive. Oh, sorry. Almost. Overdrive. Uh, Long My bad. Do we want to play?
0: Do we want to play that?
1: Um, I'm just going to tell people on uh, the podcast. First off, Mike, that 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 polo is really working with you. Um.
0: Okay. I don't even know what that means. It's pretty good
1: because you're the only one that wore blue out of everybody that was there oh
0: yeah i did that purposely but
1: I, i'm just gonna give fair warning to anybody that's listening turn up the volume oh i don't
0: know if you really want to <laughs> do that <laughs> you I, know if you want
1: to do that look at this all right are we ready to go yeah play it let's play it, folks wait we want to set it up like yeah so okay so you know what's funny anytime the what got me, what always gets me fueled up for the playoffs is when people drop a nice hype video, uh radio station plays a nice song to get you in the, get that atmosphere going. Yeah. that That's what you were trying to accomplish here on Overdrive. I, I know for a fact that's what you're trying to do.
0: Why did you say we're trying? What do you mean trying?
1: Because you were <laughs> clearly
0: trying with the. I, I clearly succeeded. Did you not see what the Maple Leafs just did, David? Clearly. All right play the damn tape this is a sea shanty all right this is a maple leafs sea shanty that's that i did ahead crazy. of game one to get us ready to go to get the boys fired up and i know for fact that sheldon keith played this in front of the crew right before they rolled out onto the ice today and that's the only explanation why they laid a beat down on the tape bay lightning roll the tape all right you ready? You want me to give you a three, two, one? How yeah. This once Mullins malls gets going, we, we should, should be, be ready, ready to go. go. I just got to try to get and get through, through with a laughing. All right, we won't look at you. You get everyone jacked up. The whole city of Toronto, honestly, people around the country are watching this right now. This is it. This is how we get jacked up for Game One. Game One, Leafs Lightning tonight on TSN 1050, seven thirty puck drop. You want to get ready for it? Let's get ready with the sea shanty. Oh, no. There once was a team called the Maple Leafs Their season was great and full of glee The second bunch of broke records But now there's the exam When will the Maple Leafs end the drought And win the cup? Fifty-five long years and the fan base has suffered Matthews, Marner, and Jack, Johnny, Toronto, Keith, and Riley They will lead us to the promised land And end the decade-long curse this year the Maple Leafs will end the drought and win the cup. The journey starts and it and will be party. I blew yeah! it. Yeah! Miles, brother. See, this is why I blew it so bad. No, that was actually Yeah, heroic. you bring that down now. Yeah, that's enough of that nonsense. That was uh I couldn't so, hold my composure at the end there. I couldn't hold my composure.
1: Two things that went against you here. You did it was fantastic, by the way.
0: It was live.
1: That that was a. I give you a lot of credit for doing that live. It was not, folks. Doing things like that live take a lot of guts. Noodles laughing at near the beginning did not help. None not of ever. them laughing helped. And all oh, guys, noodles I was really I think, good. the most like vocal. Like I could really hear. And then this is my biggest pet peeve. I, I'm a musician, as you see with the piano here. Nothing. I understand you try to get everyone going with everyone clapping, but the way that that beat was going brutal you did not have a good supporting cast mike
0: but i, I didn't i didn't get them good they just started doing that themselves to be honest but that's kind of what i think screwed me because i see oh bob and he's like da, 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 da. i see his head moving around i'm just trying to focus on the words like i didn't know this thing off by heart i wrote it I know, like 25 minutes prior to doing that thing <laughs> so i didn't know the words off by heart can
1: you explain to the folks what a sea shanty is because i have no idea what the sea shanty I don't know, it's
0: some like Newfoundland thing and you like, I don't know, some like old um, sailors used to sing these songs, I guess, when they were out fishing
1: and whatnot. I not know that's what it was called. By the way, did you did you not uh, see any of the reaction from, the, uh, from your performance?
0: Like referring to all the Twitter action?
1: There is one specific tweet that I wanted to bring up here. Uh, somebody a good friend of ours who is from Newfoundland
0: oh Keegan
1: poor Keegan Uh, if you don't know Keegan Matheson and if you're a Blue Jays fan you have to be following Keegan Matheson one of the greatest out there I felt that's who that's who I thought of in that moment and I'm so glad he tweeted about it Um, so I just want to give a shout out to Keegan there because while he does (laughs) (laughs) yeah you definitely honored so i'm gonna read the tweet for those who are listening on audio glad i didn't see this before it came on air i wouldn't have been able to collect myself after hearing al's brother uh honor my people's call culture in such a way (laughs) Uh, oh man hey look hey it, it, it clearly, it clearly worked.
0: Yeah, I, absolutely. I think it's the only reason why they went out and laid a beat down. I didn't do it last week or two weeks ago, and they lost 8-1. And then I do it, and they go out and they win 5 nothing. I mean, that's the only thing that's changed, in my opinion. I, I don't think anything that the Maple Leafs possibly could have done, I believe it 100%, was the sea shanty that went coast to coast. And really, that's what riled up the fan base, which helped fuel the team. I'm not even kidding, actually, to be honest with you. There, like, six or seven people who I saw at the game, like, recognized me. Oh, I was brother. Oh, your shanty was awesome. Blah, blah, blah. Like, So it's not like the people in the building didn't know that the shanty, like, it didn't get them going because it did. That's what got them rolling before they even got into the building. And then it just started rocking from there. And then the Leafs went and they did their thing. They did their thing. It was awesome. Um couple of things that I want to know from this game here uh, as we get back on track let's get back on the rail here let's
1: let's talk about let's talk about the shellac and the Leafs gave tonight yeah yeah,
0: yeah. these guys are definitely uh, they they deserve more respect than what we're giving them right now after that uh, after that performance for me like the role player stepping up was huge honestly like david camp a big big time goal for for him on the pk Um, that really kind of solidified this game. Like when it became three, nothing and it was David camp who scored on the, on the shorthanded goal. That was kind of it. Like that was right away. I I looked Mark masters was sitting beside me from TSN. And I look at the guy and I'm like, this team is on one right now. Like David camp is going in and he like out hustles, Victor Hedman, who was at the end of a shift and you know, a little tired but ends up poking the puck past him as Hedman dove for it and then comes in on a breakaway on the best goalie in the world and shoots blocker side and has an all-world celly afterwards. And all of a sudden, it's 3-0. The building's rocking, and Toronto, it was all leaves from there on out. Like, it, it, they just locked it down. It didn't allow Tampa to really do a whole lot from there on out. But then you had Pierre Engvall, who had a, himself a fantastic game off the puck. William Nylander had a couple of really good opportunities by, you know, getting in behind the defense and having a couple of good breakaway chances. Um, Mark Giordano, Kerfoot, I thought Kerfoot stepped up spectacularly, uh, in both killing off penalties, but also playing with Matthews and Marner. I thought that he actually filled in and quite admirably for Michael Bunting. And Andre Kasha, can't say enough about what he was able to do tonight. Um, hadn't played in what, six weeks? And then honestly, Didn't look like he missed a beat. Like, I I thought that this team from top to bottom uh, really did come out and perform to the best of their abilities and said to themselves, this is what we need to do. Everyone's got to be playing 110%. If we're going to beat the back-to-back defending Stanley Cup champions, that's exactly what they did. I I think this might have been the most complete game that I've seen from this team in the Matthews-Marner era, start to finish.
1: It's a good. You know what? In terms of with the game, with the stakes being so high, yeah. Like staff. obviously,
0: yeah. There may have been like some random Tuesday game in November, yeah. but like certainly best playoff game I've seen from that group
1: by no, far. I I totally agree. I don't think they've like they've had some good games, but in terms of yeah, Matthews and Marner and just everybody on the team, like there there wasn't really a weak spot where you're just like uh, I'm not like no you there was nothing. Really nothing negative you could point from that game other than they Kyle took quickly. a lot of and they, they did take penalties, but, like, I don't know about
0: you because, again, I was watching it live, so I didn't get the benefit of watching, um, you know, replays in tight and whatnot. But is it just me or did it seem like a couple of the McKay of penalties seemed a little ticky-tacky?
1: They weren't great. Like, the thing is, is just, like, we've seen what doesn't get called in the playoffs. And then we see getting called in this game. You're just like, okay, is the rule book actually going to get called this time? Or are we going back to? Well, but then it's silly because I think
0: I also saw a blatant hook on Ilya Mikheyev that went uncalled like five minutes after he comes out of the box for a questionable tripping call. It's it's still a really strange rule book but i mean we can't really complain there was how many 11 penalties called uh yeah 11 penalties in this game in total there was 113 penalty minutes so i mean they almost had the same amount of penalty minutes that they had when they played last time and things went bananas and uh i guess we should probably talk about what happened towards the end of the game because that was wild um so why don't you explain it explain how it kind of started because to me and this is why I want you to explain it because you would have had the benefit of watching all the replays to me I don't even know how it started but honestly it just seemed like Corey Perry just started cross-checking guys and then Patty Maroon also decided just to get into like Morgan Riley's face for absolutely no reason like was there something that initiated that
1: Okay, so what started everything, and and they did a good job on the broadcast laying this out. So Jan Ruda took a nice little hit from Wayne Simmons, mm. and as soon as that happened, like Corey Perry and Patrick Maroon were going after. Like they were trying. I to was get back it. in the. So that's where it started. Tampa zone, right? Yeah, that started in the Tampa zone, right. and they were skating and they were following. They're pretty much following Simmons on the ice, and I'm like, guys, you know there's a hockey game going on right now, right? Yeah, and like the both of them went up to Wayne Simmons. He obviously doesn't... First off, Wayne Simmons, he's hes a tough guy, but he's not going to take two guys on one. Like, guys, one well, of I you... Why he just pick. realize, like, yeah. this game's over? Like, yeah, like I'm he's not going to risk like, injuring myself. I don't understand what exactly, the like, Maroon and Perry thought Simmons was going to do. Like, this is a guy who's been there done it many times this career so they were trying to get under they trying to get him to, to basically they want to come to the aid of their teammate who got a clean hit it wasn't a dirty hit it was just more so them trying to tell simmons that we're no we're here we're not just gonna let you do what you want on the ice and so yeah so that started and then it went to commercial break and we come back from commercial Ooh. break and Chris Cuther's like, so we had some stuff happen during that while you went off. Did and you then, miss did you
0: miss Morgan Riley beating the piss out of Jan Ruta?
1: Well, we saw it on the replay. Um, oh. so Jan Ruta, who was a victim and all in terms of like he didn't ask for it, but then he ended no, up no, no, that, that's not what I saw. Well, here so here's the thing he didn't well, it was Corey Perry and Patrick Moon started it, and then yes. He goes after Colin Blackwell, who um, I, I don't know if you know. Colin Blackwell is not exactly known for this stuff. Um, so Mark and Riley's just like, like, uh, "Hey guy, you're gonna fight me, someone who's a little bit closer to your own size." Because like Young Root is like six foot three. Colin Blackwell is barely six foot, and right. like he's like five nine. He's like
0: five nine. Yeah, he's a, he's a yeah so, small guy.
1: Yeah, so I think. Yeah, so then that happens. Then we see Morgan Riley absolutely start laying it on, on Ruda there. And I was concerned about the hand because they were showing in the penalty box. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, oh, please. No, Um, it was uh, he was getting at it. I know Simmons eventually fought someone because it's just like, OK, now everybody's dropping the gloves. I might as well get involved. Um, Yeah. The Ruta got the worst of it because he was bloodied.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he, he got a big old gash. I was going down. There was blood all over the ice. And, like, I was like, I think Frankie Corrado had a great tweet. He was like, Morgan Riley just unleashed all of the Maple Leafs angst fan base's angst over the last five years all at once onto Jan Ruda's face. <laughs> and that's kind of how it ended. Um, Yeah, he beat the absolute snot out of him. I, like, I was watching it, and it legitimately, I just saw him get some real.
1: Oh, especially okay. when he was on like I'm surprised the refs didn't step in early. Well the
0: problem is the, the problem is like the refs were tending to like other fights.
1: Well no, there was one like, right. I'm gonna there's there was I'm gonna actually pull up uh, a clip here. Um I don't think there's any sound. Casha right. was
0: getting ragdolled by uh Belmar. one of the defensemen. who it was yeah, Belmar. it was it was Belmar. So, yeah, so so, that's
1: so like, there's a ref right there. (laughs) He, I mean, I guess maybe
0: it's linesmen who have to come in for that stuff. Right. So I think it's right here where he just feeds him.
1: Yeah, he, he caught him. He caught him good there. Like he's, he's going to, he's going to feel that one. Uh, Yeah. For sure. He's going to feel that one later. But but.
0: That, I've never understood that. So like in hockey, like referees, the guys with the orange stripes, they can't break up fights. It's got to be the lineys. That's that's the, the job description of the linesman. It doesn't matter who the hell's beating the hell out of who. It, the guys with the orange stripes, the referees, not allowed to separate fights. Got to be the linesman. So if you got more than two fights going on on the ice at once, one of them is going to be able to go because there's only two guys who can stop a fight. And that's what we ended up seeing happen with the Morgan Riley thing because they were worried about what was going on with Corey Perry and what was going on with Pat Maroon and Wayne Simmons and Colin Blackwell. And then, uh, you know, over randomly in the corner, you see Pierre Belmar just kind of ragdolling Andre Castro. I'm like, dude, that guy is like a head trauma away from like f- being done, his career being over. What are you doing? What the hell did he do? Nothing. It's just like once tempers start to flare like that, you do get a little bit worried, like, okay, what's what's going to happen? Who's going to throw their weight around and do something stupid? That was kind of my thought process the last five minutes of the game, like once it really started to – we started to see that kind of stuff. Um, I was just hoping that, you know, no one got stupid, and they, I think that's why we saw all the misconducts get assessed because the referees were like, we're just not dealing with this the last ten minutes of the game let's just give them all misconduct so that they're just done. Like that's it. We don't need to see anybody else uh, go out there and and make idiots of themselves and, and, you know, ruin this game and ruin the series and potentially have something go down, which really is unneeded in a five, nothing game at that point. So kind of credit to the refs actually for, uh, for deciding to take it into their own hands and making sure that things didn't get out of hand. Once the game was already kind of already over at five, nothing with 10 minutes to go in the game. So, Give a little hat tip to the refs. Uh, Why don't we take one more break when we get back? Let's go through our three stars of the game. The refs aren't coming up in three stars. I can tell you that. But we'll give them that quick respect. But we'll talk about the three stars uh, from tonight's game in just a moment. But before we do, let me tell you about our friends at BetOnline.net. It's your number one source for all your sports betting stats and info. Find all the latest sport developments, league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, the NHL playoffs, and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, it's where the game starts. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano, got Dave Morissuti with me. We are your hosts here at Locked On Leafs, Toronto, with a 5 0 victory over the Tampa Bay Lightning in game one of round one in the Stanley Cup Finals. Toronto up 1 0 in the best of seven. Game two will be going down on Wednesday. Let's go through our three stars from tonight's game, though. Um, Why don't you start with who you want to give third star honors to, Dave?
1: Got to go with the guy who started everything and the guy that we were a little concerned about going to the series, and that's Mr. Jake Muzzin. Ah, Muzz Daddy, yes. Not only did he score, but he also led the Leafs with six hits on the night. I
0: actually thought Jake Muzzin was very serviceable tonight. He was not immobile and borderline effective, which I was not getting ready to say coming into today's game. I'll be honest. I wasn't sure how it was going to go, but that's why I called him an X factor. When we did this, the, the X factors ahead of the series, that was kind of it. Cause I said, what Jake Muzzin are we getting? Because if you get a really good Jake Muzzin, one similar to what we saw today, I think that this gives the team a much better chance at winning because that gives them a true shutdown line against the Kucherov's and Stamkos's and the points. And we saw that happen tonight, that they can truly go out there and neutralize those guys with a true shutdown pair. And we saw that happen. And, uh, yeah, I thought that his skating didn't look as bad tonight either. He was very physical, which was something we weren't sure how physical he was going to be. I thought that he definitely kind of checked a couple of the boxes today and looks like he might uh, be of, of some help for the Maple Leafs here in the playoffs, which is a positive sign. Agreed. Solid third star, Dave.
1: He was also second on the Leafs in ice time with two, 2207
0: 7 Yeah, yeah. Would have had to kill off a bunch of penalties. Big part of uh big part of the penalty kill. Block some shots as well. A couple of big blocks in the game as well. Yeah, did a little bit of everything. Um, I gave my third star to Jack Campbell though. 24 save shutout. i uh, thought he had to make a couple of big time stops as well. Not too too many. Um, but I thought, you know, Soupy Campbell, this guy puts up pitch a, pitches a shutout, he's got a factor into your three stars of the game. So I decided to give him third star. Uh your second star here, Dave.
1: I had it as uh Jack Campbell, you know. He didn't look overly busy, but Ooh. I thought he had to make some really, really big saves, like especially the one I, I want to say it was the Marner goal or the Camp goal, one of those two goals where he, he had to make a save, and then the play went the other way and the Leafs like the Leafs scored. Like it's one it's one of those where you can turn the momentum into, you know, that's where I think the Leafs really did play really well off the momentum plays like that.
0: Are you referring uh, – the second period he made that – to me, the, his best save of the game was the blocker save he made on Sorelli when he was in the inner slot. Point kind of got it into yeah. him. Is that the one you're talking about? I think
1: that, I think that was the one there, yeah.
0: Yeah, because that was on the PK. So that may have been – yeah, that might have actually been kind of a similar uh, situation. And then shortly thereafter, I think Camp may have scored.
1: Yeah. There was a lot of
0: penalties, so it may have been a different one. But, I, I, yeah. So that was a that was a big time stop certainly and especially at that point in the game where it wasn't quite put away where you know one goal from Tampa could have easily awoken the beast and he just made sure that uh, he didn't allow that that timely goal for the Bolts to get back into it actually didn't allow uh, a goal at all so not not too shabby um, you know hopefully Campbell can can keep it going uh, I wasn't expecting uh, also for Jack Campbell to pitch a shutout at all in in these series. Nope. So that's two things that I've been pleasantly surprised I you know what I found myself doing today? Kind of being in shock and awe over how dominant the Leafs were. Like I was not expecting this. Like I thought, you no, know, the Maple Leafs have a chance to win this game, but I didn't think they were going to absolutely dominate the, in the way that they did.
1: I I didn't expe- I didn't expect it to look that easy and I think I think actually um Oh my god. Cooper said it well after the game and saying Leafs didn't have to do much to beat us tonight. Like we they didn't have to play it that well because we were just that bad.
0: It's and John funny he was gonna
1: try to like, that's a typical John Cooper answer, but I thought he was kind of kind of spot on about that.
0: Well, you know what's funny? I when we talk about how the team needs to, to score goals in the playoffs, right? How do you score goals in the playoffs? Well, you go to the dirty areas, right? You score those greasy garbage goals from right inside the paint or within five feet of the net, the way that JVR used to score goals. Go look at all those goals. That's not how these goals were scored tonight. Like all five of them were were just like nice plays, except I guess the Matthews one was just a, a blunder on Vasilevsky, which Vasi, anytime he touched the puck from that point on, he got the Bronx cheer. It was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. And there was the... Andre, Andre, chance cooking at one point two, in the third period. Yeah, the the crowd was all over Vasilevsky and letting him know that he had a poor performance. Um, but yeah, I I totally agree with you. Your my, my second star, the big boys. I got to give it to the big boys, Mitch and Austin. They came to play, came to play, and they got started. Right away, right game one, both of them hit the score sheet. Matthew scores on the power play. Um, Mitch Marner scores uh, shortly thereafter. A big time goal, and you just you got to think that this year at this point feels like this 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 could be it. And, and with those two, I mean, they combined for five points tonight. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like what we're seeing out of these guys early on. And Bunting's not even there. Bunting gets back in this lineup in game two or three. Now that said, I Kerfoot actually did have a good game with them. I'll say that Kerfoot had a good game with them, but I think Michael Bunting could also kind of get inserted in there and just elevate them in a, in different ways, in different ways. But to me, like those guys had to show up. They did, uh, giving them my second star.
1: I have them as my first star. There, you go. there so you go. you you beat me to the punch this time. Um, yeah, I, I just felt that, yeah, Matthews was gifted that second goal, but it was also because he they, the, he did the right thing. He was in the he was he was chasing down the puck. It it magically got to his stick, and he didn't he didn't miss either. You I've seen you know plays like that are not easy to make because you're trying to get it on quick because you're trying to catch the goalie by surprise, after a blunder like Vasilevsky made, although not as big as the one Mike Smith made tonight. You oh, I, I,
0: yeah, I saw that. that. I did so, a little muffin up to deno for the game winner with, like, a couple minutes left. Yeah. Yeah, Kings winning 4-3 for those who uh, are listening the, the next morning. 4-3, Kings take game one in Edmonton. Big-time win. Big-time win. Yeah. Um. But, like, yeah.
1: that, like with Matthews and Marner, it's what, – what it was, too, is, like, the Marner goal, we were talking about it earlier, like – it's it's a typical marner play we've seen this year right he might have considered passing on a play like that absolutely and that's and he's really. he's playing with conviction right now instead he does a nice little toe drag
0: buys himself a little bit of space a little bit of ice has that patience wide open cage right just by by having that patience and that that comfort to just pull the puck along the ice and then finally shoot it when he has the space to do so Whereas often, yeah, you're right. He either passed it away or he just shoots it into traffic just because he wants the puck off his stick because he, he just seemed like at times the puck felt like a bomb on a stick <laughs> in, in prior playoffs. Uh, but they came to play tonight, absolutely.
1: And Matthews and, only played 1667, 1647. Who did? Matthews. He didn't even play 17 minutes in this game. Oh, because it was they are killing off penalties the entire game. Like that's probably the good, the best thing, is that you didn't even have to play your big boys a lot.
0: Well, I'll go look at how much Marner played. I think he played over eight minutes in the first period alone. He played 19-18. Okay, so he ended up getting his minute scale back uh, towards the end. David can't play
1: a lot of time tonight. He played almost identical to Marner. Actually, he uh, only yeah. played one more Engel, second time. Engvall got a bunch 19. of time. uh got 17 minutes. I mean, yeah. it also doesn't help that Kyle Clifford got 49 Minutes. I oh, sorry forty nine seconds of ice time.
0: Yeah, so they had to do a little bit of line juggling in the bottom six there, a little bit. Yeah, they did. Um, your my first, you star? first star, <laughs> my first star, giving it to the to the PK, the power, the power kill, not the penalty kill, the power kill, my guy. Um, what they're able to do, like in the first period, they killed off a quick two minute penalty, which I think Tampa got like one opportunity off of that. But not a whole lot, and then Clifford took that god awful garbage, um, boring call like that. You you don't need to see that happen at all. Nope. So I'm glad that he got the game for that because he deserved it. To be quite honest with you, you
1: can't defend. Uh, that. What's that? You can't defend that. No, you
0: can't. Not at all. That's 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 the type of stuff that definitely you don't need in the game. Uh, and hopefully he learns from it. Hopefully he does learn from it. And and we don't see that type of nonsense again. That said, the five minutes that ensued after that really is what propelled this team to victory. Like The fact that they were able to kill off a full five-minute power play um, from the Tampa Bay Lightning of all teams, whose power play has been red hot lately. I mean, Kutrov and Stamkos came into this game the last nine games of the year averaging three points a game getting some of those on the power play. Like that's how deadly this team was offensively coming into this game. And they didn't allow anything like what I thought was so perfect about how they executed it too. They would get the puck and just dump it down the ice, go off for a change, get fresh legs out there and do the same. They clogged up the neutral zone, forced turnovers I had a little bit of a counterattack a couple of times, couple two on ones, three on twos had some opportunities out of that five man advantage, but even throughout the rest of the game, just really quickly, like they were just keep, kept getting fresh legs out there. Every time they would t- force a turnover, skate over the blue line, chuck it in, go for a change. And they did that period, like every single time, like clockwork. And I think they only had like 20, 20 to 25 seconds of uh, per shift. And that's just how they were able to stay fresh and so that they can be aggressive on the penalty kill, and on the power kill. If you got fresh legs out there, you can go on those two-on-ones. It can be aggressive in that sense. So, you know, I, I just thought that they were honestly brilliant. It's like, if you are a, like, skills coach of some kind or you have a hockey school, just show the tape of what the Maple Leafs did today on the penalty kill uh, and just say, do what they did replicate what these guys are doing because they were fantastic uh in that regard so I want to give a bunch of bunch of love to the PK tonight thought that they were phenomenal and there was a lot of players that kind of filtered in um Blackwell got some time on the penalty kill Marner obviously Kerfoot uh Kasha had some penalty kill time I believe if I recall Engval, Camp, Mikheyev Um, like there was a lot of players that kind of filtered in and picked up some slack a little bit and uh, deserve a lot of credit for, for getting the job done. Um, special teams is, is it very much to me, a big time deciding factor in this series and, uh, the Maple Leafs right now, plus two, plus two with a power play goal and a shorthanded goal.
1: So no, it was, it was big tonight. Special teams was huge. And five on five, they were. It wasn't like they were dominant. They they weren't. The Leafs were good at five on five too, right? So this was it was not just a, a game of special teams. The Leafs were decent at five on five as well. So we just gotta hope it all carries over into game two. That's right. Game two that'll be on
0: Wednesday. Uh, and Dave and I, well, I guess we'll preview that game tomorrow for you guys. So make sure that you're subscribed so you can get uh, that daily. Maple Leafs content here. That's do it for us today on the podcast, though. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You to subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms to receive that daily Maple Leafs content Monday through Friday. You can also find us on YouTube as well. Subscribe there. And follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. How about Dave at D underscore Morisudi. You can also follow the show at Locked On We're back with our episode tomorrow. We'll be breaking down. No, we'll be teeing up, actually. Game two, Leafs and uh, Bolts game two. But until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.